church. Amen. Yeah, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to be back home. It is good to see the faces of God, the family of faith. Oh, what a beautiful thing it is to be back home, be in my bed. Amen. Eat, eat my food. Come on, somebody. It's good to look around and see that, that uh, you made it through. I made it through. We're back home. Amen. And uh, it's, I look around. Of course, uh, um, I, 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 I came in and Sister Jay told me that Dr. Jay still, uh, he's, still in, he's still in Ethiopia trying to recover from. <laughs> I tell you, I barely got my legs back uh, Saturday. You know, we went through several days of not sleeping and in the traveling and so forth. It's, it's a little over 20 hours to get over there. And so when you get back, you're trying to regroup and get your feet back on the ground. But anyway, uh, of course, uh, uh, Maddie, will you stand up? I see you there, Richard. Of course, Daniel's there. How about a round of applause for our missions team? Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, so much. You may be seated. Amen. We'll, we'll have a video here in just a little while. When we, when we end, we're going to show you uh, a little bit about what we encountered there and what God did there. I'm going to show you a going to show you a bona fide miracle in the Lord. Amen. You're going to see that here in a little while. But thank you to everybody that put some money in my hands. The money you put in my hands went directly into the hands of our missionary there in Ethiopia. And, and what a beautiful thing it was to see the work of God and what God is doing through Harvest Point there in Ethiopia. It's amazing. So you're going to see some really cool video here in just a little while. We got a short video we're going to show the family of faith. Uh, here in just a moment. But check this out. So we're starting a brand new series, a series entitled Inspired. And so for the next several weeks, I'm going to be teaching you about a person, right? Today, I'm going to introduce to you the Holy Ghost in, in hopes that your life might be inspired. You know the word inspired means to be breathed into? And, and I pray today that, that when we get finished of this series you'll be breathed into. I want your Christian life to be an inspired life, a supernatural life. And we're going to be talking about that in this first introduction called Inspiration. The title of the message is Inspiration, uh, or Inspired rather. And we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to give you some, just some groundwork. And then over the next several weeks, I'm going to talk to you about what the Holy Spirit does. Do you know that you have a guide? Anybody know you have a guide in the Holy Ghost? Come on, somebody. Anybody know you have a comforter in the Holy Ghost? Anybody know you got a revelator in the Holy Ghost? Well, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into some conversations I know are going to bless your life. And it's going to culminate on, on, of course, you know we got Resurrection Sunday coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And I'm going to preach a message entitled, The Very First Sunday. And I'm going to talk about what that means uh, for the church on Resurrection Sunday. And we're going to culminate this series on Pentecost Sunday. Somebody say hallelujah. How many know that we still believe in Pentecost Sunday? Come on, somebody. Pentecost, right? The Holy Ghost, somebody. And we're going to talk about that. But So we're going to begin the series today. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And what I'm going to do today for you is I'm going to give you something that you're probably not going to get anywhere else. And it takes a man of God to come and share these sorts of truths with you. Because I want to teach you the principle, a principle, a principle, of the Holy Ghost, that if you'll, if you'll remember this principle, it'll really be a guide in your faith and what you're doing in the Lord, right? It'll always be uh, a way to remember what's actually functioning in your life, what's happening. So I want to take you to the first two verses of your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. So Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, if you take your Bible there, I'm going to teach you the principle of the Holy Ghost and this was taught to us no other than God himself and so I just want to reveal it to you this is this again is Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 right so if you have your Bible you can go there and look at that and and we'll we'll read that together Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 some of you already how many know that by memory know a little bit of creation story by memory anybody know it by memory very good so let's do it together are you there in your Bible let's read it in the beginning God created, what? The heaven and the earth. Now watch this. Now don't you be real careful as we go. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now watch this. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now watch this. And the Spirit of God, here we go, moved. We can, some translations, 
say hovered, right? Hovered. Uh, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And so there is a principle there I want to teach you about the Spirit of God that was taught to us by God Himself. And I'm going to reveal that to you here in just a minute. It's going to help you to understand how inspired we live, right? I'm going to teach it right out of the first. It's, you know, it, it really technically, <laughs> uh, we're going to learn how first. Do you know that the Holy Ghost is first? He's first in everything. He's even first in the Scripture, right? The first person you're introduced to of the Godhead is the Holy Ghost. And there's a principle there, and I want to teach it to you. And we're going to get into that. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. So I hope you, I hope you came in here with a spiritual mind, right? Because if you came in here with a natural mind, you're going to leave empty. But if you came in here with a spiritual mind, you're going to walk out of here with life and peace, right? So I want to teach this to you. And we're going to understand some things about the Holy Spirit we probably didn't understand before. So are y'all ready? You ready to get down with me? Y'all ready to get down? We're going to get down this morning. Come on. I'm, I'm, I've been waiting to get back. And begin this new series. We're going to have an awesome time in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful day that you've made. Made so precious, Father, that we could say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will be glad and I will rejoice in it. Father, you are, you are preeminent in this day. Jesus, be lifted up today. Uh, that, that, that's the thought of our leadership today. Jesus, be lifted up. That in all that we do, you receive the glory. That you, you, you receive all the honor, all the praise. And so we, we, we lift you up, Jesus, today. Holy Spirit, I'm going to do my best to introduce you. So marvelous are your works. Help me, Holy Spirit, to introduce you to the family of faith. Help me, Holy Spirit, that those that are watching on stream or catching this message later on this week through all the different venues and places by which people feed in and tap into Harvest Point Church. Help me, Holy Spirit, to give proper revelation to your personhood, to who you are. Help me, Holy Ghost. I need your help if this is to be accomplished. Help me, Holy Spirit. I pray blessing over the family faith upon every hearer, upon every person that's attentive to the word of the Lord. I pray blessing in your life that this word will saturate you, will move down deep into the crevices of your heart. That you may walk out of here possessing that which God sent me to give to you. And so we pray that perfection, that purpose right here, right now at Harvest Point Church. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, before you see it, go find somebody and I want you to tell them this. Be inspired. Tell them, be inspired. Go find somebody and tell them, be inspired. Be inspired. Be inspired. Alyssa, be inspired. Happy birthday, Isabel. It's awesome to be turning 25, ain't it? Come on. 21, that's even better. How awesome it is to see the family of faith, the people of God, to look around and see people attending to the things of the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God. Trust me, it's good to be here. Uh, in fact, some of y'all, uh, here, here in a couple of, uh, I'm going to say maybe a week or two, I start a brand new Bible study. For those that love, uh, love Bible study, I'm starting a brand new Bible study entitled, Whose House? God's House. And I'm going to show you the effectual work, the purpose of the house of God. How many know that the house of God is preparing itself for the return of its groom? Do you know that, that we're beautifying ourselves for his return? Listen, I want, I, want, I want Harvest Point Church to look as radiant and as lovely and as purposeful as a bride can be for the return of her groom, and we're going to be talking about that. So make sure you tune in. Uh, if you're not already tuned in to our Bible studies, it's a good thing to do on Sunday night, of course. Come on Wednesday night and be part of what God is doing. We need a lot of teaching if we're going to apprehend the things of God. Somebody say amen to that. Look at your neighbor and say, be inspired. If somebody looks a little sad, they really need to hear that message. Be inspired. Right? I don't want you living your life in Christ out of your own ability. I want you to be inspired of the Spirit of God. Let me say amen to that. That's a powerful notion. Let me begin here. I want to quote a verse. A, a verse that if we heard it in the Spirit of God, it would transform your life. It's a verse we've heard before. I'm going to quote it to you. This is, this is what Jesus said. I want you to apprehend it. Jesus said this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
It's expedient that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Let me repeat that verse one more time because you might have missed what Jesus is saying. Because what he's saying will revolutionize your spiritual life, your Christian life. I want you to hear it again. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It is beneficial. It is good for you. It is better for you. It is quickened for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. We hear that and we don't understand what is Jesus saying. Jesus is saying this. It is better for you to walk in the spirit than for you to walk with me naturally. See, we, we, we don't hear that. We don't hear Jesus because we romanticize the idea. Oh, what it would have been to have walked with Jesus. We romanticize the idea. What would it have been to just walk with Jesus for a week, to just, just step out with Jesus onto the boat and see him walk on water, to see Jesus heal all those that were needed healing, to see the, the, the miracles of the almighty hand of God, and we romanticize the idea, yet Jesus says, it's better for you that I go away and that you learn how to walk in the Spirit. Somebody say, walk in the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to walk in the Spirit. Think about that for a minute. Is, isn't that an extraordinary thought to think that you're supposed to be walking in the Spirit? That Jesus said it is better for you that you walk in the Spirit than for you to walk with me naturally? Think about that for a minute. Do you not know, the Bible says, Paul says, Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and that God dwells in you. And so I say with all the attention to Jesus and rightly so, the way that you get to Jesus is walking in the Spirit. Because I'm here to tell you, you can't walk with Jesus naturally. Look at your neighbor and say, he left. Jesus at the right hand of the Father. How do we get back to him? We got a guide. He's going to help you to walk back over to Jesus. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. I don't think you got it yet. Listen, you got to walk in the spirit. You got to walk in the spirit. That's Jesus talking. That's not the preacher preaching. That's Jesus preaching. He said, it's expedient, it's good for you that you understand that you have to walk in the Spirit. You understand that, that the disciples walked with Jesus three and a half years. They saw everything that Jesus had to offer, and yet they still didn't believe. They didn't believe until they were breathed on. Oh. They, they, they didn't come alive until Jesus breathed on them. It's so important that you understand that the church has to walk in the Spirit. Jesus knows a lot about walking in the Spirit. Everything Jesus did was about walking in the Spirit. In fact, you know, I hear a lot today in the culture people talking about redemption. And when we think of redemption, we think of a person, and the person we think of is Jesus. When you really should be thinking redemption is brought about by the person, the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost who brought your redemption. Jesus would not have any redeeming quality absent of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I just said something, man. Listen, the quality of Jesus' life was dependent upon the power of the Holy Ghost. L -l Listen, I, I want to teach you. Let me, I'm going to digress. Let me just come down over here. Uh, let me teach you the four qualities. I'm using the word quality of redemption. Jesus knew them. Incarnation. You say it again. Incarnation. You can't have redemption without a person. Incarnation. The life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus produces the quality that we call redemption. Listen, you had to be redeemed, right? You, Jesus had to be a propitiation of outstanding quality. 
Do you understand that God made an exchange in heaven? That exchange had to come by extravagance in the person Christ. And how could Jesus have that extravagance without the power of the Holy Ghost? Can I teach this to you? You, you understand that the incarnation of Christ it was done by the Holy Ghost. You remember this story, right? You remember a woman by the name of Mary. The Bible says that as Mary was, was walking, the Bible says the archangel Gabriel came and he says, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Yeah. Y'all remember these stories, right? In fact, this is Luke 1. If you, if you want to write these down, write them down because I want you to go back and investigate just how profound the incarnation is. He says, Hail, thou that art highly favored, for God is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Do you know that when Mary heard that salutation, she was troubled in her spirit and said, what manner of salutation is this? Insomuch that the archangel Gabriel said to Mary, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Oh, that's beautiful. Don't fear, Mary. You found favor with God. The archangel Gabriel said, for that which shall be conceived in thy womb. <laughs> y- y'all remember these passages? How beautiful they are. For the angel says to Mary, For thou shalt shall conceive in thy womb, thou shalt bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And when she heard this, she said, How can this be? How can this be, seeing that I know not a man? And the archangel Gabriel. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Right? You don't know no man? Don't worry, because you're about to meet the Holy Ghost. He says, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Think about what I just said. That it took the Holy Ghost to produce the person of Christ in her very womb, in her belly, was produced the personhood of Christ. Think about what I just said. The Holy Ghost produced the actual person called Jesus in the very womb of a woman by the name of Mary. Listen, Jesus said, unless you be born again. Oh, listen to what I just said. Listen, unless you be born again. Listen, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do you not know that the same way the Holy Spirit produced the person, Christ, in the womb of Mary, is the same person he produced in our very womb by the power of the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost produces the image of Christ in me. Think about how profound that is. That everything that's happening in you is happening because of the Holy Ghost. Think about what I just said. The personhood of Christ is produced by the person called the Holy Ghost. He is not an it. He is not a force. He is a person. The person of the Holy Ghost produces the image of Christ. That's what his specialty is. And how could we have redemption without the person? How many know that Jesus had a life like none other? Let let, let 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 me show you how Jesus qualifies his life. This is just so amazing. And, I, and I've said this many times before in the church that I wish it would be my heart. I'm like, a, I, I'm like a Moses. I wish that all of you were prophets, right? I wish that all of you were walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen to Jesus. Uh, and I want you to hear that. This is, this is personal to me because this is my prayer life. This is my prayer clause. I want you to hear it. Listen, listen to the life. Listen to the life of Jesus. For all of you that say, I want to emulate the life of Christ. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to do what Jesus did. I want to live like Jesus did. Well, let me give you what Jesus says encapsulates his life. Let me show you something, give to you something that Jesus said of himself. This is what Jesus said. Listen, listen. You ready? You've heard it before. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. In fact, go, go to your Bibles. Go, 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 to, go, go to the book of Luke, chapter 4. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm just going to quote it. You, you, you go, I think you need to see it. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Luke 4, 19. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, listen, you, you ought to memorize that. If, if you say here, you want to be a disciple. Anybody want to be a disciple? I want to be a disciple. Well, then you better get hold of what Jesus said. It's going to be by the Spirit of God. It's going to be by the Holy Ghost. If you're going to have any work to do in this world, it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. This, this is how it's done. Listen, you think I'm imbibing upon the Word. Listen to Peter. Some of y'all know. Uh, in fact, go to, go to uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I quote these verses all the time, but I think sometimes, maybe I don't give you the verse that you can go back and investigate the scriptures, because I'm not going to preach to you absent of the word of God, right? I'm going to take you right back to the word. What, what, what did Peter say? How did he encapsulate the life of Jesus Christ? This is what Peter said. You want to be encapsulated the way Jesus was encapsulated? This is what, this is what the Bible says, that Peter said, how Jesus Christ of Nazareth was anointed by the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. That's what Peter says about the ministry of Christ. Could that be said of us? Could that be said of you? Are we walking in the true divine power of the kingdom of heaven? The one that actually produces redemptive quality. Oh, I say that to all of us. Brothers and sisters, hear it. Listen. Check this out. Go, go, go. I'm going to talk about, let me go to the death of Christ. Uh, open your Bibles, uh, Hebrews 9, go down to verse 14. I hope I'm getting the verses right because I just have these things in my spirit, right? Hebrews 9, I believe it's verse 14. S -s some of you know, some of you are familiar enough with the book of Hebrews to know that Apostle Paul was teaching about the, 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 the atoning ability of, of, of bulls and goats and pigeon, you know, uh, 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 turtle pigeons and all the ways that man could atone or to, to make atonement for their sins. Some of you know that the atonement of sins in the old system was just a covering. They were never washed away. Sins were only covered, right? And so Paul goes through a really extravagant expressions beginning in, in, in Hebrews 7. He goes through verse 8. And then in verse 9, he goes through all of the ways that that blood that God was using to atone for the people of Israel, Right? And somehow, in some way, God, how many know that when those animals were presented before the priests, that they had to inspect it? It had to be looked over. You couldn't just give anything to God. It had to be right. It had to be perfect, right? Some of y'all know the story of the money changers, how priests were perverting that process. But nonetheless, we find here, and I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this, that, that Paul, speaking in Acts, uh, uh, pardon me, Hebrews 9, if you slide your finger down to verse 14, this is what it says. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, shall purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? How did Jesus stay perfect? How did Jesus maintain a bond of perfectedness with God? By the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen, God just wasn't taking any blood. The blood had to be perfect. It couldn't have no spot. And how did Jesus, how did Paul relay this idea to you? How do you stay spotless? You know, there's a lot of talk today about how we shouldn't sin. How, how can we can be sinless? Everybody's talking about how to be sinless and this, that you apply this, and do this. And I, I think of all that doctrine that people are teaching, but absent of the truth and the reality of the scriptures. What does the Bible say? Walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's as simple as that. Walk in the spirit and you'll be sinless. Touch them and say, you can be perfect. Touch them back and say, you can be sinless. All you got to do is walk in the spirit. It's not about all your doctrine and your teaching and your understanding and the things you're going back and forth through the Word. Walk in the Spirit. Listen, do you understand that, the, that if you have the unction of God, you know all things? You get in the Spirit and there's revelation. He's a revelator. Listen, long before you even knew Jesus, He was already working in you. This is the principle of the kingdom. You know nothing about Jesus, but the Spirit was working in you. 
things were happening, you started becoming aware of the reality of God. You weren't saved yet, but you were becoming aware of something. Something was stirring you. What was stirring you? The Holy Ghost. He's always the predecessor. He's always the first to arrive at a scene. He's always the first one God sends. The Holy Ghost. Long before you met Jesus, you met the Holy Spirit. Somebody say hallelujah right there. Long before you met Jesus, you met the Holy Ghost. You didn't recognize him. You didn't know it. You didn't understand that. But I'm here to tell you, he's always the first. Right? He's the one that produces redemptive quality. He makes things right. Ah. How many know that Jesus was resurrected? Let me say it one more time. How many know that Jesus was resurrected? Jesus resurrected. Do you know that the Bible says that without holiness, no man will see God? God is not in the habit of just raising people up out of nothing. Uh, particularly one who said he was God's son. Jesus said, this command have I from the Father. I have the power to lay down my life and to pick it right back up again. Oh, somebody's got to hear that. Oh, that's a special power. How many know that if you told somebody, I'm going to die, but don't worry. If you come to my funeral, I'm going to get up at my funeral. Say, what? Going to ask the Lord if he'll let me do that, die, and then at my funeral, just stand right up and start preaching, start speaking. Of God. You'd be shocked. You say, what, what manner of man is this? Fear would grip the room. Listen, do you, in fact, go with me there. I want you to open your mouth. Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. Today I'm speaking about the redemptive, listen, quality of Christ. Jesus has no redemptive quality absent of the Holy Ghost. He has no worth absent of the Holy Spirit. At least in the worth that we call worth, the, 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 the purpose of being crucified. Let me show it to you. How many did they know that the same spirit that raised up Jesus <laughs> is the same spirit that's going to get you up? The same spirit that rose up Jesus is the very same spirit that's going to raise you up. Oh, oh man, somebody say hallelujah. Man, I, I'm clapping at that man because, because I'm going to be dead, but the spirit is going to raise me up alive again. The same body you see go down in the grave is the very same body you're going to see come up out of that grave. It's the spirit of God. It's the spirit of God. L listen, are you there? Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Look what Paul teaches. Paul says, and declare to be the Son of God. What does it say? According to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection of the dead. Did you hear that? Did you, did you read that with me? Did you, did you catch that, what Paul is teaching? That Jesus rose... Out of the spirit of holiness, out of that perfectedness, because without holiness, you don't get to see God. What produces that holiness but the Holy Ghost? Hence the name, the Holy Ghost produces holiness in the person to whom he dwells. And Jesus understood that. This is his incarnation. This is his life. This is his death. This is his resurrection. The Holy Spirit produced the eternal quality of redemption so that you and I are today redeemed by that quality. It isn't just the person. You know, anybody could die. Anybody could offer themselves up. Anybody could be a martyr. But Jesus is special in that he's not a martyr. He actually died to give his life as a ransom for many. His life had to have redemptive quality. And where did that quality come from? From the Holy Ghost. He was inspired. Jesus' life was lived in the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Do you know we have a command not to grieve or quench the Holy Ghost? I think we do a lot of that. I think we do a lot of that. In fact, could I suggest to you that you've been trying to walk more with Jesus than you have been with the Holy Ghost? And I'm here to tell you, you're not going to walk over to Jesus 
because you have Jesus with you. You're going to walk over to Jesus because the Holy Ghost lives in you. Jesus said, it is expedient that I go. For if I do not go, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Why? Because you need the personhood, the person, the Holy Ghost to live in you, to walk you back to Jesus. I mean, I mean, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. How are you getting over to heaven unless you get a God? You don't know where heaven is. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't know where heaven is. You've never even been there. Quit acting like you possess the truths of the kingdom. You've never even been to heaven. You, you've never been given a vision of heaven. You haven't been to paradise as Paul was or John the Revelator. You need help to get back. Ooh, I'm saying something, man. I'm saying something. You need help to get back. It's the Holy Spirit that does it. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals it. You need the Holy Ghost. Every morning you wake up, you ought to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Help me get back to where you're taking me. Help me get over there. Help me to understand it. Help me to know it. Okay. Come on, let's do it. I'm looking at my watch because some people look disinterested. You want this or not, man? Listen, I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit, right, is sent to you that you may walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit, baby. I want your life to be inspired. I want you to see. Do you listen? Let, let, let me help you see something that Jesus said. Jesus said, listen, unless a man be born again, Let me say, let, I, let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you why some of us are in the natural and we see in the natural. And if you see in the natural, you're going to live a life of fear, anxieties and stresses and worries. You're not going to see the world the way God intended you to see it. And the reason why you see naturally is why you respond naturally. But if you started seeing spiritually, then you start responding spiritually, Right? For a, for a fleshly mind is death, but a spiritual mind is life and peace. I want you to hear this. Listen, Jesus said that unless a man be born again, watch this, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. You don't even know where to act. You don't even know the thing to point to, to pray, and to command, and to take authority. We, we don't know where to apply the word of God or how to apply it because we don't see the kingdom of God. Oh, that God would show you the spiritual world and show you what's happening in a spiritual dimension. That you'd stand up out of your seat and say, in the name of Jesus. And take authority over the things that are taking authority over you. Listen, your victory is spiritual before it becomes natural. Jesus said, unless a man be born of water and the spirit. You can't in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know why? Because some of y'all need to be sealed. Some of you haven't been sealed in the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean you don't have life. You just haven't been sealed yet. And once you get sealed in the Holy Ghost, man, once the Holy Ghost is in you and on you, man, once you get sealed in the Spirit of God, oh, you begin to see the world differently. You begin to see your job differently, your people differently, your friends differently, the church differently. You start to live a life of inspiration with God because it's the Spirit of the Lord that will empower your life. Listen, I don't want you to master discipline. I want you to master walking in the Spirit of God. I don't want you to tell me any time you read your Bible, how often you fast, how often you pray, all those things that you call disciplines. I want you to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. I want you to live in that inspiration. I want there to be a divine influence. I'm not telling you not to pray or to fast or read your word. I'm saying read it out of the inspiration of God. Do you know there's a lot of people that read the Bible, the more they read it, the more religious they get. The more rules they create. But man, when you read an inspiration... The more loving you become, the more kind you become, the more benevolent you become, the more willing you are to give yourself to God. Oh, man, you got to read out of inspiration. Got to read out of inspiration. Read it out of inspiration. Live out of inspiration. Holy Spirit, help me to introduce you. We've been grieving him and quenching him. 
we've been, we've been, we've been dismissing him as nothing at all. Everything I hear about is Jesus, Jesus. Yes, yeah, it's wonderful. It's, uh, you know, let Jesus be lifted up. You know, we used to say back in the day, and I wish we'd start saying this again. Pastor Josh, how many keep the slogan moving through my series? Just remind me. Just tap me on my shoulder. Say, Pastor, keep saying it. We used to say back in the day that Jesus, listen, is Lord over the church. But the Holy Spirit is Lord in the church. Jesus is Lord over it. But the Holy Spirit is Lord in it. And until the concentration is the Holy Ghost, then we don't get a clear image of Christ. Then we get these religious spirits in the church always arguing and contentious and always trying to do this and the other. They're not in the Spirit. And you get in the Spirit, man, and you get a good image of Christ, and you can pass it on to us. But if you're not looking out of the lens of the Holy Ghost, what are you looking at? He's always the first. Will you say it? The Holy Ghost is always the first. This is a principle that, that the church, over time, we, we lose. I'm so glad. Listen, none of this is going to sound, just, just take it, right? Just, I'm going to say something. Just get over it, man. Let the pastor say some things, right? Not everything I say is going to agree with you. You understand that, right? Not everything I'm going to preach, you're going to, you might not even apprehend some of the things that I preach. You may not get this message till 10 years down the road. <laughs> Some people are just slow. Come on, somebody. Look at your name and say, don't be slow. Be in the Holy Ghost. Man, listen, if you were in the Spirit, you'd be with me right now word for word. Because if you have the Holy Ghost, you have the unction, you know all things. The Bible says you have no man that man should teach you. I'm so glad, listen, that I was raised in the assemblies of God. Some of you don't have no pedigree. You, you, you just... Got saved. And somebody said, go to that church right there. I heard something's going on over there. You, you came. Amen. Hallelujah. We're glad. You're glad you're here. But, but, but I have a little bit of pedigree. I was raised in the pews of the assemblies of God. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you, they teach that Holy Ghost in there. They teach that Holy Ghost in there. So I grew up. I knew the Holy Ghost before I knew Jesus. I'm saying theologically, right, scripturally. I knew the Holy Ghost more than I knew Jesus, right? It wasn't later that I understood the life of Jesus, but at least when I understood Jesus, I understood him through the Holy Spirit. I apprehended Jesus because the Spirit of God opened my eyes. And when I would get into my Bible, this Bible would be pulsing and alive, and I would read through the pages. The Spirit of God was moving in it because the Holy Ghost was with me. And brother, sister, I know what it is to be hungry for the Holy Ghost. That's how I was baptized. That's how I got sealed because the first prerequisite to being sealed in the Holy Ghost is you've got to be hungry. Some of y'all don't know what it is to be hungry. You don't even let a hunger pain come in your natural life. You just know what time it is to eat. You got your name, say, talking about you with that. Some of y'all eat every day at five o'clock. You don't even know, you don't, no matter what happens. <laughs> Snacking all day, five o'clock comes around, you eat. <laughs> Had a big lunch. Lunch is feet, you know, five, six people. It's five o'clock, you're eating again, right? I know what it is to be hungry. When you can't get past the sin in your life, some addiction got a hold of you, and you're sick of living that way. You're sick of feeling the guilt and the shame of that thing. You know you're born again. You know you're saved of God. You know you're a child of God. But you want to live like Jesus. You want to be holy. And you want to live like him. And I know what it is to be hungry to come to that church and say, I need something I've never had before. I, I, I need an empowerment. I, I need to be endued. I need to have strength. I need to have ability to come to church and say, I've got to get it. Oh, man, if we can get back to those days where folks came to church hungry, man, hungry for God, hungry for the Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, unless you be thirsty, huh, uh, you have no reason to drink. Uh, oh, but you ever been thirsty before? You ever been real thirsty? You just, man, you just salivating just as the thought of, you, you want to drink something, man, you want some water. You're just so thirsty. The second you get your mouth on a water hose, come on, somebody. <laughs> Back in my day, we drink out of the water hose. Come on, somebody. Just, you're just drinking and drinking. You, you drink until you can't get enough. You drink so much, your stomach hurt. Oh, I wish the church would get back. Back to hunger and thirsting for God. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Let me teach you the principle. I read it to you. 
Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, This is uh, is the the principle of the Spirit of God. Uh, This is the inspiration of God. This this is what it means to be divine. This is, this is supernatural. This is the essence of God. I'm, I'm gonna, you ready? You ready to get this? you got to lay hold of this because I'm going to teach you something profound. The Bible says, in the beginning. Yeah. We're, not, we're not talking about time. That's the fourth day. You want to know about time? You want to know about the solar system? You want to learn about science? You, you know, the solar system wasn't until the fourth day. Well, what time is the reference? What, what, what does the beginning mean? The beginning is the Holy Ghost. He begins everything. Word. Nothing begins absent of the Holy Ghost. There's no beginning absent of Him. There's no way to get started without Him. If you don't have Him, you can't get started. You can't see the kingdom, you can't enter in. He's the beginning. Think this in your head. This is a principle of the kingdom of God. The Holy Ghost is the beginning. Can I go a little deeper with you? In the beginning, God. The word is Elohim. In the beginning, Elohim. El, E-L, being God. Him being plural. The Hebrews would use the I am at the end of words to create what we call an S. It's what they call the complex, the complex unity of God or, or, or the plurality of God. Elohim created the heaven and the earth. So we got a picture now of the Godhead. You don't think so? Read Romans 1. For the invisible things of him are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and his Godhead. So that they are without excuse, right? The the Elohim, the the plurality of God. uh, Made the heaven and the earth. Now watch. And the earth was without form. Void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. I mean, there's nothing to work with. You you ever try to teach somebody void of intelligence? (laughs) Wasting your time. You, You ever try to train somebody athletically void of athletic ability? There's not one woman here who who married a husband void. He usually had something. Nobody messes with void. Nor does anybody want to mess with things that are dark. There, There was gross darkness. How many know that the enemy works in darkness because you can't see where he's coming from? You you ever try to fight the enemy in darkness? Man, he's going to hit you and you won't know where the hit came from. You're in darkness. And the earth was without form. Void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Who do we first... See, introduced to us. Who is first of the Godhead? Introduced in the first two (laughs) verses of the first book of the Bible. Genesis, literally, the beginning. Who possesses the first two verses of the book of the beginning but the Holy Ghost? Who the Bible says, listen how he came. He came, the Bible says, the scriptures say move, but if you go back and read the translation in the Hebrew, the Bible says, he hovered like a bird would hover. You know how a bird can hover, just stay in one place. 
sometimes you'll read a translation where he was brooding. You, you, know, you know how a hen will brood over her eggs, and she's warming those eggs up so that they get to a place where they can hatch. In other words, the Spirit of God came down and hovered over the void and over darkness. It's just brooding there. A bird. Think about it, a bird. The Spirit of God like a bird. Oh, I remember that. I remember the bird who the Bible says when Jesus was baptized, when he came straight out of the water, the heavens opened and lightning came upon him and, and the Holy Ghost descended like a dove and rested upon the Lamb of God. Oh, how beautiful that is. Church and neighbor say, you got to be a lamb to get rested on. Oh, that's a whole nother Bible. That's a whole nother preaching. See, see. See, you got to be a lamb. How many know the Spirit rested on the lamb? He can't rest on some of us because we're not lamb-like. We're wolf-like. Oh, that's another message. Holy Spirit, don't let me start talking that. Holy Spirit, leave me alone. Holy Spirit, leave me alone. I don't want that right now. Let me, let me keep going here. Here we go. I want to introduce you, Holy Spirit, that it's the Spirit of God who came down and hovered and took that darkness turned it to light and took that void and made creation so that now we can see the power of what the Holy Spirit can do. We know the story of creation. There's a little facet in creation, Genesis 2, where the Bible says that God said, let us go make man in our own image. And who are we introduced to in this image making? The Holy Ghost. The Bible says that God formed and fashioned a man out of dust. Watch this. Here's the beginning. You want to see the beginning? I'll show it to you. Ready? And God breathed his ruach into man. What did he breathe? His spirit. And when the Spirit came, man became a living soul. We're going to get that Holy Ghost here in a couple of weeks, too. Some of y'all going to get sealed. In two weeks, you'll be sealed in the Holy Spirit. Not now. Now, watch this Jesus on the cross. The redemption that God gave, the fullness of that redemption and the power of the Holy Spirit rose by that same power. How many know that Jesus on the cross, the last three words Jesus spoke on the cross was what? It is finished. The Bible says, then he yielded up his ghost unto the Father. We know Jesus gets back up out of that grave, right? Now listen, I want to show you something. And the Bible says that, that he went back to the room, the upper room, where the disciples were hiding for fear of the Jews. While the door still you're being shut, Jesus entered in and he said this, peace be unto you. They were scared. Look at them and say, they were scared. Touch your back and say, you look scared. Now watch this. Jesus breathed on them. Bible says Jesus breathed on him and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That is the beginning of Christianity. That is the moment that the disciples believed. The Bible says that Jesus showed them his hands and his side and they touched them and they believed and they were glad. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. This is the moment that the disciples became living spiritually. Are you alive spiritually? 
Are you breathing spiritually? Are you walking in the Holy Spirit? Does the Holy Ghost have preeminence in your life and your decisions, where you're going, what you're thinking? Has the Holy Spirit brought to you the quality of redemption that he brought in Christ Jesus? Are we walking in the Spirit? Friends, I've got good news for you. He's the promise. Let me introduce him in this message this way. Do you know that there's a promise? Do you know what the promises I heard? There's some say 7,000. Pastor Josh, some even more than 30,000 promises in the Word of God. Do you know what the promise is? Do you know what the promise is? The Holy Spirit. He is the promise. Listen, if you get the promise, all the other promises come with him. If you get the promise, right? And I've come to introduce him to you. Over these next several weeks, I'm going to introduce you to the Holy Ghost. For some of you who think that you know him, I'm going to reintroduce you to him again because I believe we've been grieving him far too long. We've been quenching the power of the Spirit of God. But we're going to bring him back into the house because the revival is going to come. It's going to come because the Holy Ghost is in the house, right? So why don't you stand up right now? Stand up with me right now. Stand up with me right now. Stand up with me right now. I want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to hear this, that everything begins in the Holy Ghost. So let me tell you. I want you to hear this. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit brought you to the place of salvation. Could I suggest to you that it was the Holy Spirit who brought you into the revelation of Jesus? You did not ascend into it naturally. So I'm going to give a few words, quick words here. The Bible says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says that the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The second Adam was a quickening spirit. When you got saved, you were quickened of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is in you. Let me say that again. You have life because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of life. You have life on the inside. Some of you get glimpses of life, of that life, of what life should look like in Christ. And that's where we speak out. Anybody know what life should look like in Christ? Yes. And that's where we speak. That's how we talk. That's how we see. But many of you are not sealed in the Holy Ghost. In two weeks, you're going to be sealed in the Holy Spirit. Two weeks. Two weeks. You're going to be sealed in the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you, I'm going to take you out of AM and into FM. The Spirit of God is going to give you clarity like you've never had clarity before. You're going to begin to perceive the things you need to perceive spiritually because you've been sealed in the Holy Ghost. Listen, and, 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 brother and sister, hear me. That there is a sealing in the Holy Ghost that I believe is what I call the overflow. Jesus said, out of your bellies shall flow. Listen. Rivers, S, rivers of living water. This is what I call the overflow, right? In other words, if the Holy Spirit don't have control of your mouth, you're not sealed yet. Let me say that one more time. Because I just said something kind of deep right there, didn't I? That if the Holy Ghost doesn't have complete 100% control of your tongue and your mouth, you are not sealed in the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to help you be sealed. Because he's going to use your mouth and the Spirit of God is going to speak out of you. And he's going to use your tongue and your mouth for the glory of God, for Christ, for the glory of God and for Christ, right? And we're going to get there. Somebody say amen to that. This series is going to be so essential in you seeing and entering into the kingdom of God. I'm going to teach you right out of the Word of God, right? But first this, we got to give the Holy Ghost preeminence again. He needs to be first again. We're just going to close off for a minute. I know Daniel's got a good song. And other musicians are warming up, tickling the keys and strumming the strings, and we're getting ready. But I just want you to shut off just for a moment. We got a few minutes. It's like five minutes before 12. So we, got, we, got, we got time to just entertain the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come on, y'all, enter in with me. I want to walk with you. Let me say this again. I'm going to teach you how to walk in the Holy Ghost. Watch Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. 
Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I want to abide with you. Be patient. <laughs> Be patient. Be patient. Hey, close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. Let me read a word to you. Listen to what the Lord has to say. Listen, listen, listen. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Did you hear that? What the Spirit of the Lord is saying? You can't even confess Christ as a matter of faith in your life without Him enabling you. Why don't you lift your hand and exercise that spirit? Exercise the influence of the Spirit of God. And why don't you declare Jesus Lord in His house? Not because you think He is, but because He's re revealed to you that He is. Speak it right now. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 The Bible says, but you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Will you lift your hands to heaven right now? And in the knowledge of that revelation, worship God. Listen, do you know that the Father is seeking such to worship Him? For to worship God is to worship Him in what? In spirit and in truth. In other words, lift your hands out of the truth and revelation of the Spirit of God and worship Him because you know that He is God. Father, we worship You. We glorify You. We declare Your name. We speak the name of Jesus. A name given to him high above all names, names in heaven, names on earth, names under the earth. That name of Jesus, so profound and so rich. We worship you, oh God. We worship you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we walk with you today. I want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. Can you say it? Holy Spirit, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. I want to abide in you. I want to see because of you. I want to know because of you. I want to love because of you. I want to be inspired by you. Everything I do, I want it to come from the inspiration of your life inside of me. I want to walk it out for you, Holy Ghost. I want to move for you, Holy Spirit. How marvelous 
How marvelous. Will you worship the Lord right now in spirit? Can you lift your hands and worship Him right there in your seat? Come on, be inspired in your worship. Live by that inspiration. Just live inspired of Him. Come on, there's plenty of strength and vitality if we're in the spirit. Daniel, you got a song for us? Go ahead and bless us. Go ahead and bless us. Here we go.